Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. We're ready to hit you with another set of clips, so get ready. No, These we're are... not. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. It's so funny listening back to those because um, we were babies. No, it was just like literally earlier this year. <laughs> I know. It's crazy that it has it been a year. It, it, it has not been a, been a year yet, which we is babies. crazy. It's been a year for Culture Kings now, but we, yeah. we still got. I think baptism two, by fire, two, three, or whatever yeah. it is, just thrown to the wolves. We, but we did it. We um, did. Yeah, we're we're here. We're back, and we're talking about the Punisher. Wait, no. What is this show, Iffy? Oh, have we not even <laughs> said the show? No. Welcome to Nerdificent. I am Iffy Wadiway, and that other <laughs> delicious voice. That sounds weird when I say it, but I'm gonna stick with it. That other delicious voice you hear. Yum yum yum. Is. <laughs> Danny Fernandez. <laughs> and uh, we are talking about The Punisher because The Punisher has a new, has season two dropping on Netflix this weekend. Yeah. This is not an ad for them at all, but please, if you would like to comp our Netflix, it's like $5. <laughs> yeah. Look, yo, I'm down with it because someone, I don't know if you saw that tweet where someone was like, hey, uh, I'm getting ready to go see DBZ Broly and I have never seen a Dragon Ball Z ever, so I got to listen to the Dragon Ball episode and it got me up to speed and I'm like, great, but what a way to jump in to go from <laughs> just early Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and go straight into Broly. You're you're in for a real treat, and it's going to be hard to go back from that. If I think I've told you, but people get mad because like my friends will be like, "Where can I? Where should I start?" I'm like, "Well, you could, you know, you could do Kai, or you mm-hmm. could ha- Dragon Ball uh, Z Kai, or you could." And people are like, "No, they have to go from the beginning. Goku was a baby, you know." It's Kai. like with Dragon Ball, I'm like, "Well, you're not going to get people." I mean, I think you could technically even just watch a YouTube video and get you caught up. Yeah, yeah. All the important parts of Dragon Ball are recapped in Z. You can start with Z if you want to. And Z is pretty much where the 
thick newest canon is where the adults are and where mm-hmm. Vegeta Vegeta doesn't exist in <laughs> See, Dragon that's, Ball that's the so, real reason Danny. Um, so we <laughs> we have a guest who is an expert on the Punisher and on many things uh, he has a show um, Collider Heroes over at Collider uh, Mr. Koi Jandro how's it going guys hey, hey hey how's it going Vegeta is where Dragon Ball starts for me too. thank hey, you I'm not gonna lie it's over 9,000 <laughs> is the beginning of Dragon Ball oh, before man. that is something but yeah. I, Z is really where it kicks off Koi this is why I brought you on here and because last Last year when The Punisher <laughs> came out on Netflix, we were messaging each other so Non-stop. much. <laughs> we have a love of John Bernthal and um, and that show. And I think, him holding puppies. Yeah, we would just send each other memes. Like, I'm so glad I had somebody else at like 1 a.m. when I was watching the show to send it to because nobody else in my life cared as much. And we always responded so quickly. Like, somehow we were both always watching Punisher at the same time. Like, it's a full 13-hour show, but somehow it was always like, 2 in the morning, John Bernthal, yeah, I'll respond to this. And I was always ready with new ones. I think oh, I man. sent you a picture of like a John Bernthal, like Punisher toy in the Christmas tree or something. Um, and then it turned into Tom Hardy holding puppies because the yes. puppy transition because yeah. two rugged men with their dogs. There is an entire Instagram that's just Tom Hardy holding puppies. I, I right? show as many people that as I can. I think it's really important for the culture. Yeah. Uh, I think that the comic <laughs> society needs to know. Let me tell you that this was my official introduction kind of to the, I mean, the Punisher, I think I had seen the 2004 film. Was that when it came Tom out? Tom Jane? Yes, with Thomas Jane, which we'll get into. But I um, I basically was introduced to him really in uh, in when he showed up in Daredevil on Netflix. And it made me like John Bernthal so much that I went back and watched The Walking Dead, which I had never seen, just because I liked him. That's incredible. That's yeah. so the opposite of most people. Like, <laughs> I discovered Parks and Rec because I enjoyed Nick Offerman, the author. Yeah. I had never seen Parks and Rec. I was like, this guy writes some good books. Who's this Ron Swanson? Well, I mean, what's really funny is I've done, because um, Koi, you and Ify have both competed on Screen Junkies and stuff. And I have also competed on Screen Junkies. And... um. One for series that I don't even watch, which I watch now, but like it's just because it's so in the zeitgeist and I live online that I wasn't watching Game of Thrones and I won my Game of Thrones round against people that actually did just because I know all the memes and the jokes. And that was the same with The Walking Dead, where I never really had to watch it to know what was going on. And there's an art to arguing about pop culture that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Like, you oh, need yeah. to know how to shape things. Like, I, oh, fought, yeah. I fought both of you and yeah. both, like, you did. High oh, stakes. shoot. I met you both in fights. Yeah. You were all still friends. <laughs> There you they go. invited yeah, me here on purpose. See, that's what that's what happens when you fight good. <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> so I I discovered Punisher in the '90s with the Spider-Man animated series. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I was like five or seven. Uh, I think it started in '95, so I would have been like seven years old. And Punisher was one of those characters that didn't make sense in that show at all because you couldn't really shoot guns. Everything was yeah. lasers. So they introduced a Punisher without guns. Mm-hmm. So he's always been a fascinating character to me because he's the epitome of it depends on the writer. And the character can be the thinnest character on the earth, or it can be John Bernthal. Mm -hmm. And what's really impressive is this generation only knows Punisher as this really well-written character because people discovered him like you, whereas he's a garbage character about half of his run. (laughs) Like, he's a very poorly written, like, gun-toting. There's a reason- Gun daddy. Yeah, Yeah. there's a reason that symbol represents a lot of parts of the country we don't need to represent. Yeah. Uh, So it's a really interesting character because he can be as nuanced as John Bernthal, but he can also be- Guy who shoots big and flexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a product of that like 90s Marvel, you know, where where it's or not even 90s Marvel. When it came 90s, back, it's when it got popular. Yeah, 90s comic book in general when it's like, let's go crazy and just like that's the Punisher everyone 
outside of the Netflix era is aware of, where it's like, I'm the guy who's going to shoot them up and it's <laughs> and, and, and big guns and leather and straps and all the belts and all the pockets on the belts and uh, no hands. Ankle gun, ankle <laughs> yeah. knife, ankle pouch. Yeah. What's in there? More guns. <laughs> and then they, re- but uh, that's a fun thing and something I want to kind of even kind of park on for a hot second just in comics where it's funny how it really is the writer. A writer can really take a comic book or franchise you really don't care about and really make you super interested. Like I think uh, Jeff Loeb's Red Hulk run. Yeah. Is, you know, I could not have cared about Red Hulk until Jeff Loeb started writing for it. Or, you know, or anything Bendis has his finger on. <laughs> Everything Baker. Bendis yeah. touches. I'm like, I'll at least try it. Yeah. Brubaker is, brings thing, a flavor to things that it's just always... So fun to check out. So if you read a comic <laughs> Give and, it you're a like, and you're like, oh, I do not like this character, but there's a writer who maybe wrote a comic that you do like, definitely check out that character written by that comic if that is available, because that might change your opinion. Like I'm, Jerry Dugan, Brian Passan on Deadpool oh is gosh, what I send yeah. everyone to, because Deadpool is often written poorly as well. Oh, yeah. And if you can find the right, like they're both comedians. Like oh, yeah. Brian Passan is literally mm-hmm. a stand-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So turning people onto that voice, then sometimes you learn to like characters enough, you can forgive other things. And I think Punisher is a great example of that. The Netflix show is so good, you can forgive other things. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like War Journal... Eh. But when you've watched it after watching Punisher, you're like, John Bernthal as this comic <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, so let's get into who the Punisher is. Francis. Oh, I love that that's his real name. <laughs> Francis Frank Castle um, is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel. So the character was created by Gary Conway and artist John Rumita uh, Sr. and Ross Andro. Uh, with publisher Stan Lee greenlighting the name, the Punisher made his first appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man number 129, cover dated February 1974. Gosh. Yeah. So that issue is the iconic cover, and it's so expensive. It's one of the I, I have 59 Spider-Mans left, and I have every run of every title in history, and this is one of the 59 I need because I want it in good condition. Somebody the, send it to Coy! I need it! But it's, <laughs> it's amazing how this has stood the test of time because it's one of the most recent issues I need. I need, like, number one and stuff. But then 129 is this coveted issue because it's a beautiful yellow cover. It's him with a crosshairs on Spider-Man, and he was meant to be a one-off villain. Yeah. He didn't show up again until issue 135. The Punisher's second appearance is 135, which means that's six months later. Because back then, you'd have to wait to get the letters back from the fans and then decide oh, if you use the character again. Yeah. So he was supposed to be just a, a flash in the pan. This is a one-note villain. And then the, the, the fans loved him. 135, he came back. And it was within like two or three years, he had his own little mini. So mm-hmm. he's been beloved from the beginning because he's so different from what Marvel usually puts out. There's yeah. not a lot of gun-toting, vigilante, anti-heroes. There are now. But in 1974, right. this was a new thing. But this was also the time of the mob like coming mm-hmm. up, you know? And he is an Italian-American vigilante. So Testiglione. Feel, yeah. So it, it is um, interesting, I feel like, that that... like Same thing what you guys were talking about with the 90s because the 80s, 90s, we had like... Um, Because he's also a war veteran. So we had like G.I. Joe was really big back then. Yeah. Those toys. Yeah. And also he was just kind of starkly different. You know, you had all these heroes who were like super do-goody do-gooders. <laughs> and this is a guy who like doesn't mind murdering, kidnapping, using extortion, coercion, threats of violence and torture to basically fight crime. So there's something, a whole new flavor that was like, oh, 
yeah, that's a cool way to fight crime. And from a visual standpoint, you throw him against Spider-Man, a red and blue spandex-clad hero is like the most da-da-da-da. Yeah, and uh, then you've got this guy in black and white mm-hmm. with a pseudo-mullet and a broken nose. Yeah. Like, he looks like the opposite of Spider-Man in every way, and I think that was a lot of his appeal, was this was an age of leaving the Silver Age, going into Golden Age. I think the Silver Age had just ended at, like, issue 122. Uh, when Gwen Stacy died, that effectively ended the Silver Age of comics to the point that comics changed size, which is fascinating. Like, it was less than a year earlier that comics had physically changed how they were made. <laughs> and so he's coming up into the Golden Age of comics, post-Silver Age, and it is the crime era of comic books. You've got, like, the gangster books. You've got, you know, uh, Hammerhead was really important and big then. Yeah. You've got uh, Tombstone. You've got all these mafioso characters. And then you've got a guy that takes them out the same way they dish it out. And that's fascinating mm-hmm. for comic books. Yeah. What I was going to say is when you said that he has a broken nose, that it's funny <laughs> they picked John Bernthal because John Bernthal has said that he's broken his nose 14 times. Oh, wow. And I remember once I was listening to a – he used to get in a lot of fights, which was funny because I watch him. He is an amazing actor. He actually went to um, acting school in Russia. He got accepted and went over there and said it really changed his life. And um, it's so fascinating listening to him because I was like, oh – I would never date you <laughs> because <laughs> when intense. I see him, no, when I see him as an actor, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm in love with him. Granted, he's married and has three kids, but like, and then when I hear him listening, when I listen to him and he talks about how many fights he would get in, how alpha he was, like, you know, all of that. I'm like, oh yeah, we never would have dated. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my type. Just that raw that, alpha like, energy. That like, just like punch and get in fights all just the time. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to. You show him what's up. He's staring at your butt. Well, he's going to be staring at my fist. Well, what I find fascinating about John Bernthal in particular is he looks more like Punisher than anyone should. Yeah. Like, his nose is broken in the same spots. Yeah. Yeah. His forehead is the same ratio. Like, he actually looks like John Amita Sr. was like, one day, well, yeah. you know this boy will be born. You know what's so funny is that he was killed off on The Walking Dead, which this isn't a spoiler. This has been out for, like, what, seven years or something. And he's set, and that was kind of like... You know that was a that was a huge show for him. He was in it for two seasons, and he and but then he later said if he hadn't been killed off, he wouldn't have been the Punisher. Yeah, like he wouldn't have gotten that. So that is so cool to think of it that way. When sometimes you think like this is oh my gosh, I just lost my job. You know, yeah. on the biggest show ever, yeah. and then it's like oh no, now you have your own series, and it's one of the biggest shows ever. So that's really cool. And also, he wasn't on my radar. Sorry, he wasn't yeah. on my radar for Punisher. He wasn't like in my fan cast. He wasn't someone I was like he could play. Yeah. And then once they cast him, I was like wait. How did I not see the guy that looks just like Punisher? Well, yeah. that's what I was going to say is he was one of the very few people that when they cast, everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> like, usually when someone's cast, it's like, what? No. And it's like, you have to get used to it. And there's like debates and some people like it. Some people don't. But this was the one casting where people were like, yep. <laughs> I would say the same for because we were talking earlier before we started recording about Hellboy. When David Harbour was announced as Hellboy, I was like, yep, yep. I see that. And both of those are tall orders because they're legacy characters. Ron Perlman just was, Hellboy 3 just now didn't exist. Like it was due to shoot and be a movie. So it's not like Ron Perlman had a retirement. The end of Hellboy 2, spoiler alert from eight years ago, she's pregnant. So Ron Perlman was supposed to be Hellboy again. So for us to accept David Harbour so quickly and then with John Bernthal to go from, you know, your Dolph Lundgren into to Uh uh, Ray Winstone. No, no, Ray... The war. Lexi Alexander did. Oh, yes. Or, um, St- is Stevenson, Stevenson. Yeah, Ray Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tom Jane. We've had so many different mm-hmm. Punishers. So it's really hard for an actor that is, you know, Walking Dead TV actor to suddenly be accepted so quickly. But he really was. I totally agree. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, the, the backstory of Punisher is, you know, another one of those uh, good old classic, uh, you know, body someone's whole 
family tree type things. Uh, so he basically his wife and two kids were killed by the mob for witnessing a murder in New York City Central Park. And then the Punisher waged a one man war on the mob and all violent criminals in general uh, because of this. And he's like, the people who are bad have to pay. And uh, his family's killers were obviously the first to be murked by the Punisher. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely had that Liam Neeson skill set where he's <laughs> like, you know, I went to war. So I have a specific set of skills. Yeah. You know, he was a he was a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He was a scout sniper and he, you know, he was skilled in hand-to-hand combat, guerrilla warfare and marksmanship, you know. I wanted to say whenever uh, I get asked on the DC side, <laughs> what I was on a panel and they'll ask me who my favorite DC villain is and I always say Batman because he is a villain because <laughs> yeah. he's a vigilante and no one ever likes that answer but it's true and um the punisher it's really interesting because he is also a vigilante that's trying to avenge his family's death they're not as different as people think granted the punisher's run in his comic book series is much more violent i would say than batman but they both have killed in comics so a hero doesn't look up the weaknesses of his teammates yeah batman always is ready to take out the entire justice League. oh yeah that's like, not a heroic move to. If it's I, smart, but it's not heroic. But I'm, you're taking the law into your own hands. That is technically a criminal, and that is technically a villain, depending on whose viewpoint you're looking at. So, anyways, that's just my point. If anyone ever asks who your favorite, uh, who your favorite villain, <laughs> DC villain is, you can tell them Batman. <laughs> and I agree with Punisher being a parallel because oftentimes Cap and Punisher butt heads directly because Cap represents ultimate good, yeah. and Punisher represents not ultimate bad, but bad that has a wiggle there's a gray area to yeah. punisher that that cap hates because i think cap sees himself in punisher a lot and like it's what, what he, he wants be- to do yes yeah that he can't he is, that cannot edge. do yeah yeah and then of course punisher respects cap because cap is the ultimate soldier and he's trying to be a soldier except he kills people yeah so it's a really cool parallel i really love the interactions between punisher and cap and it's really interesting i will probably get into this a little later on but in ultimate comics which is the basis of the movies you love the ultimate comics is the blueprint for the mcu if you read anything start with ultimate spider-man it'll change your life and then 10 years later you'll meet miles morales and your life will change again you're welcome uh but ultimate punisher kills spider-man Ultimate Punisher mm-hmm. shoots at Cap, Spider-Man gets in the way, and then Spider-Man's just fought the Green Goblin. The death of Peter Parker in the comics is insane, but if you look at it, the the killing blow is Punisher. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And people don't talk about that when they talk about yeah. the Punisher. He killed Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, as much as you're saying that, the police try to kill Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So in the police, I don't think would be seen. I mean, we would see it as audiences if we watched a police officer kill Spider-Man, but, like, the police don't see it. They see another vigilante who right. is essentially breaking the law. So I just I that's what I find really fascinating about all of this is that it's told the Punisher to Spider-Man is a villain but when we see him in his own comic and we see him now in the Netflix series we're rooting for him to survive. Yeah. So it's on the writer like we started yeah. with it it depends on who's writing it and whether or not they play that nuance well. So um Gary Conway was inspired by The Executioner which is a popular book series created by author Don Pendleton in which a Vietnam veteran Mac Boland becomes a serial killer of criminals after the mafia related death of deaths of his family so that is essentially the Punisher's origin <laughs> story. Uh Conway described the inspiration in an interview from 1987 quote I was fascinated by the Don Pendleton ex- 
executioner character, which was fairly popular at the time, and I wanted to do something that was inspired by that, although not to my mind a copy of it. And while I was doing the Jackal storyline, the opportunity came for a character who would be used by the Jackal to make Spider-Man's life miserable, and the Punisher seemed to fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Conway, he also helped design the character's distinctive costume. Uh, in 2002, he said, uh, in the 70s, when I was writing comics at DC and Marvel, I made a practice to sketch my own ideas for the costumes of new characters, heroes, and villains, which I offered to the artists as crude suggestions for representing the image I had in mind. I had done it that with Punisher at Marvel. And it's it's interesting to hear that because I imagine if I, because, you know, uh, there's there, there seemed to be making a lot of room for comics to write com- uh, comics. Uh, <laughs> And I've already True. spoken to a few people to try and uh, get Same. in that lane. And I imagine that that's how I would kind of do for certain things that I'm like, I want this to look. So it's cool to see that, like, someone's been doing that. And I imagine that, you know, that would have happened. But it's cool to see, like, that it is not that frowned upon, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows what's happening now? Yeah. So then that ran uh, through the 70s and 80s, and then in 1995, Marvel canceled all three ongoing Punisher series due to poor sales. That was a, was that that was also just a hard time in comics in general. Right? Comics were so in 1995, Marvel had to sell their characters. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that X Men is owned by Fox, the reason we can't get Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four, the reason we don't know who owns Namor half the time is back then they were trying to keep their lights on and no one wanted to buy Iron Man because he was a C-list character at the mm-hmm. time. No one wanted Thor because he was in his wrestling phase. No one wanted these characters. That's the only reason they're still at Marvel at the time. So in 1995, there was 17 variant covers per issue. There was foliage co- foil covers. There was all the issues that we've learned our mistakes from. But 95 was peak uh, excess. So all the characters were excessive. All of the runs were excessive. We just lived through this amazing age of comics where they were selling. And now we thought that if we bought, you know, the death of Superman, it would put our kids through college and it didn't work out. So I think Punisher was definitely a loss of the time as well as a character that was better suited for a different time period. There's a reason his imagery, like you were talking about, has lived on. There's a reason that soldiers respect him and have that on their trucks. There's a reason that the skull is so iconic to the Punisher. And what's funny is I think it's actually gone beyond the Punisher where people don't even necessarily identify with it. Like I see Marines with the Punisher iconography and I don't see them as comic fans. There's just this this universal appeal to that skull. And I find that fascinating because it was a comic book iconography that was changed by a series of artists that turned into what the Punisher is. And I think that it'd be really interesting to talk to the people that love the Punisher about his nuance, whether or not they see them as a gun toting hero or a villain or a guy that does anything to to get what he wants. And it's such a tricky character that when put in the wrong, it's like a gun when put in the wrong hands, it can go well or poorly. And I think he represents a lot more of what 2019, 2020 can be than people give him credit for. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's what's so interesting that you mentioned that, of how, like, soldiers and cops have been doing it, because that's how they've got burned by it, because not knowing what it is. Because if you see a cop walking <laughs> around with a Punisher on their car, you're like, mm, no, please don't. Maybe that's go, the, go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've, they've gotten burned. They uh, I forgot which, I'll look it up real quick, but a whole police department, they had them on, I think like, we have it at the, bo- we were going to get into yeah, it yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, but they, they, they had to remove it from their cars and it's like yeah you should probably know the whole (laughs) thing behind it before you start slapping it on police cars and that's a good argument for him being a great character because nuance I think is the most important thing in comic books that's why Daredevil is one of the best shows about comic books 
soups because you're rooting for the Kingpin half as much as you're rooting for Daredevil. Like when Matt Murdock has a face off with Wilson Fisk, you're seeing two men that are trying to do what they see as right full stop. Punisher is then introduced in season two and he's just trying to do what is right full stop, except he's got a gun. Yeah. So when you see these people with the Punisher emblems on their guns or their trucks or their whatevers, it's really interesting is, is it doesn't necessarily say what kind of person they are. It just says they believe strongly in what they believe in. Yeah. And I think that's a great conversation to have with people in the military and, and you know, the people that do love the character is why they do. Yeah. I was going to say um, we're going to get into his revival and coming back in the, as well as the fan films, the big films and his Netflix series right after these messages. Boom. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And welcome back. It's me, Harlan. And it's me, Frank Castle. You see, you see, I was trying that. That sounded, I was, that wasn't Italian. That was like Bulgarian? Eastern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> European. Wait, but it has like, to do with. It's me, Frank Castle. And some. Something the bad guy am I too. Like, Maybe. But hey. we were talking about how um, Dolph Lundgren played him. Oh, yeah. So. There you go. Well, yeah. You know, here on the side of the Bronx. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was just in um, Aquaman, right? Yeah. I think that's and so, Creed, too. Yeah. He's just all. I mean, no, but I think it's funny that he's still in these comic book movies, <laughs> oh, yeah. like decades later. Because he's still such a beast. Like, yeah. his face and body yeah. is made for comics. Yeah, if he dies, he, he dies. dies. Oh, my gosh. Frank Castle. Right. <laughs> and if he dies, he can't be revived. But we're talking about the revival. Nobody likes my accents ever. <laughs> my 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 old lady one that I did. Oh man. And then my um, what was it, Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, you and you Best like sent peace, a second draft of that to me, and I was like, yes, you. Oh texted. yes, it was it was during Christmas. Yeah, I was like, no. During Christmas, I can't even remember the name of the movie now. What is it? Oh, a, a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life was on, and I filmed it, and I filmed me doing an impression of of Jimmy you were Stewart. So and sent it it. You. you were so proud of it. You were so proud. That's right, Clarence. Clarence, <laughs> I want to live. Okay. Um. Oh man, there was that real good tweet where it's like, imagine uh, a ghost in a more successful. You walk into a room and go, "This is what you would look like <laughs> if you didn't live." <laughs> it was like, "Oh no, take me back!" And then you're like, "What the?" F- Oh, can't uh, see. Almost got me. See, I am the one who curses the least ever. I never have to be bleeped, and I almost broke it. I curse a lot. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't curse as much as I used to. I look back at tweets that I did last year, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man, I was um, I was before I was a Disney darling." <laughs> <laughs> Disney changes you. Oh man. So here's the revival of Punisher. Basically, there was a 12 issue miniseries by Garth Ennis, who he, he's good. He's like hit or miss for me i like garth but he definitely is and it's no no surprise he did punisher because he's definitely an edgelordy writer like he's, all he's his comics, strong takes yeah, <laughs> all his comics are like very edgy and like especially when you go into his like image stuff oh what was the one you might know this because you're huge the one where the like all the heroes die in it and it's like about them and i'm not oh, talking about f- the boys i'm talking yeah, about the boys uh, is more recent this yeah. is before the boys. This was yeah. it was more Silver Agey, right? Like the con- they had the big paint. But it was like image. Covers. Yeah, uh, it was that image. I forget, but uh, it he. I that's when I. But I was into it at the time. I was like, look how bloody this is. <laughs> he, he's not into that. You were the perfect age. Yeah, yeah. I, was I like, know yeah. what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I was the perfect age yeah. too. Uh, but yeah, he he, uh, he him and Steve Dillon uh, did the Punisher that dropped uh, during April 2000 and March 2001 under the Marvel Knights imprint, which was a very specific run of Marvel. So Marvel, aside from their, you know, I know in the Miles episode we explained what 616 versus Ultimate was. Wait, I think and, you mean Max uh, imprint, right? No, no. This one is uh, under the Marvel oh, Knights. Oh, Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Survived. 
Um, but uh, and then they did another one under Max. I think we lightly touched on Max before, but Marvel Knights was all the street level heroes. And by street level, I'm it's, yeah. it's exactly what it sounds like. Your Luke Cages, your Daredevils, and they they had that Marvel Knights run, and it was kind of away from the main canon and they had their own special Marvel Knights canon. It was really cool. And then you have your Max imprint, which is just your R-rated comics, which the Skinamax. The uh the Nick Fury <laughs> Marvel After Dark. Uh the Nick Fury Max run is so good. Because it's like a like sexy spy uh joint. Uh, obviously Wolverine Max runs, even though some people are like, I didn't need that. I you know I do. Uh, <laughs> what age you were. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they had the Marvel Knights imprint, and it revived the character's popularity. And then after that, they had a regular ongoing series uh, that were was 37 issues from August 2001 to February 2004, which was primarily by Ennis and Deland. Uh, is it Ennis or Ennis? I think it's Ennis. Ennis. Yeah, that's what I've been saying, um, but I'm bad with names. And then after that, it was succeeded in 2004 by an ongoing Ennis series under Marvel's Mature Readers imprint, Max, uh, which we just discussed, which uh, the Max stuff is a good read. Some some is like gratuitous, but like with the right person, you can tell someone's like, I've been waiting to write this story. <laughs> I wrote this yeah, when I was yeah. 17. Yeah, I've been sitting on it for 30 years. You could tell they're like, I've been waiting for this, and it, it'll <laughs> n- just knock it out the park. Yeah, I, I think Knights and Max are really good places for people that don't know comics to jump in because yes. it's so strong. Whether you love it or hate it, it definitely has an it has a take. Yeah. And I think that Knights, especially like Spider-Man Knights, was written by Kevin Smith. And it's a really fun take because it's way edgier than Spider-Man would be in a regular run. And that is a good gateway. Uh, it's the gateway drug. It's the weed of comics uh, to play on Kevin Smith. <laughs> it's a good way for you to – because they're shorter runs. They don't run as long. You don't have to read 600 issues. You can just read like 30. So Punisher's a fun character because he had so many miniseries. He had so many different runs that you can kind of pick up wherever you want and it'll end soon enough. God. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, during that time, they changed his, the look of the Punisher was modified, so they removed the white gloves and pairing his traditional skull imprinted shirt with combat trousers, black combat boots, and a black trench coat. Um, Castle has used this costume on occasion in the mid-2000s stories before the Punisher War Journal, Volume 2. And we are uh, moving on to... Films. We should briefly mention Steve, Steve Dillon, uh, who redefined his image, redefined the look, basically reshaped who Punisher is, had passed away uh, in the last five oh, years. Okay. So who? Some, Steve Dillon, the artist that really? redefined who Punisher was. Oh, well, yeah, let's take a moment to appreciate Mr. Yeah. Steve Dillon. He actually was drawing a Punisher issue when he passed. So wow. there's an issue that's half finished that is in print, like you can pick it up, and an artist that had a very similar style finished the run. So they're, I think it's issue like 37 of the of the second to most recent run. They just restarted Punisher in 2018. The one that ended in 2017 was the end of uh, Stephen Dillon when he's passed away. But if you're going to pick up any comics, check out Steve Dillon's run that ended in 2017. But also the current run, which is only an issue six, is really good because it plays off of the John Bernthal take. It's a lot more nuanced. It's Does a lot it look smarter. like him? It definitely looks like oh, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to read Punisher, the current issue is issue six. You're only six six behind. So you're like $18 in, which is which is handleable. Heck, yeah. Um, yeah, so we had the 1989 Punisher. That was the first time he was on the big screen starring Dolph Lundgren, as we said. He has killed 125 criminals in the past five years. This is interesting. He's an ex-police officer mm-hmm. in this. Um, so, 80s. Ca- <laughs> Yeah, Castle's family was murdered in a mob hit. 
in which Castle was thought to also have perished. They still keep that storyline often of him. I think in the series, in the Netflix series, they thought he was dead. Yeah. Uh, so he's living in the sewers and waging a one-man war against organized crime. His only friend is an old alcoholic named Shake. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but I think oh, that yeah. they need to have that. <laughs> Someone on Adult Swim needs to have a regular Punisher and then just have Master Shake with him. Um, I feel like that could be a series. I'll uh, pitch it to somebody. And then a former state. Oh, so Shake was a former stage actor who speaks in rhyme for reasons unexplained. Um. Yeah. So, the 80s, guys. did you enjoy this film? I did for what it was. Okay. It is certainly a piece of the 80s. I my favorite non superhero franchise is Lethal Weapon. I watch Lethal Weapon every Christmas. The 80s were really important to me. So <laughs> Thomas Jane did a great job, but to me, Dolph Lundgren has a different. It's not even the Punisher. It's like the 80s Punisher. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a big old caveat. So when you watch it, you're not going like, I'm gonna watch a Punisher movie. You're like, I'm gonna watch Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. <laughs> That's so, so funny. It's fun with a caveat. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, after that, we had the 2004 film, The Punisher, starring Thomas Jane as Frank Castle and John Travolta as Howard Saint, uh, who is a money launderer who orders the death of Castle's entire family. It has a, a, a glowing 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Uh, but Roger Ebert, he gave the film two stars, saying the Punisher is so grim and cheerless. You wonder if it's uh, if its hero gets any satisfaction from its accomplishments. Now, this movie mm-hmm. is fantastic. I really people crap on this movie. I own it. I'm a big fan. Uh, I think Thomas Jane really figured out who the Punisher was. I like Tom Jane as an actor. Uh, it stars Rebecca Romaine as a supporting role who's great in this, and people just think of her as Mystique. No, no, she's great in Punisher. And Ben Foster, who's one of my favorite actors in the game. Ben Foster in the last 10 years is getting all this critical appeal, but Ben Foster is in The Punisher, and he plays this crazy, like, tatted and pierced meth head, and he's like a pre-Jesse Pinkman. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for real. And it, it, the movie's got a great supporting cast. You identify with the supporting cast in a way that you don't expect because when you rewatch The Punisher, you need to have the humanity to make the character work. That's what Dolph Lundgren didn't have because his humanity was that crazy rhyming guy. Whereas you've got Rebecca Romaine, you've got Ben Foster, you believe in what he's fighting for, and that's what makes the character go from meh to good is there has to be an eye line. There has to be a perspective you can see. So I really like the Tom Jane one because it gave us that for the first time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then we had the 2008 The Punisher War Zone, starring- which everyone else pretty much uh, says is the good one. Yeah, this they, one a lot of people love it. Mm-hmm. Starring Ray Stevenson as The Punisher, it's directed by my friend Lexi Alexander, who is awesome, and I feel like she. Uh, I don't know. She's a good follow on Twitter. Definitely follow she her. She, uh, she speaks up quite a bit and um, really puts people in her, their place. And I think that she was the perfect person to do a Punisher film. Also, uh, you know, she's she's also directed a lot of other comic book TV shows. Um, some of the ones that I think are in the CW. So, um, yeah, but she also does hand to hand combat, which you can see her tweeting about constantly. She's amazing. Um, so this film is a reboot that follows the war raged by Frank Castle on crime and corruption, again, particularly, though, with mob boss known as Jigsaw, who we're finally getting to in the series. Now, they touched on the Russian in the movie with Tom Jane, the 2004, and they kind of made him a Jigsaw-esque character because mm-hmm. they messed up his face. So they played with both Russian and Jigsaw. But in the comics, kind of Jigsaw, combined it. Yeah, they yeah. kind of made him into one. And now what Lexi did was Jigsaw was the villain and he looked awesome. I personally also love Lexi's film. I actually can't decide between the two because they're so different. Like, Dolph's is different than Tom Jane's is different than Ray's. But Lexi's fighting style is fascinating because she fights 
in real life and her fight choreography reflects that but then it's also with a shade of like the Punisher Max line where the violence is so over the top you're like yes like he punches through a head like the <laughs> like her movie is insane and I really like it and I think Lexi is the person that should be doing Lobo or should be doing like this oh, next wave so great like I think Lexi's an untapped resource for she's film. doing something for I saw her tweet she's doing something for A24 oh, or good. Blumhouse or Annapurna one of the She's doing one of those. Okay. One of the three that make yeah, good some, movies? Yeah. Somebody, I remember she was like, no one wanted this and then they took it and I think it's going to be like big. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She is working on something where she was like, now people are hitting me up and I just love her pettiness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she remembers. She has a yeah, list, a blacklist. I do. She yeah. should. She's an extremely talented woman who can kick all of our asses collectively. <laughs> oh, and 100%. I think, I think she has been blacklisted at times for speaking up against abusive people and um, yeah. Anyways, sorry, didn't mean to distract, but I, I yes, agree, I, I agree, agree with you. <laughs> I like her work and I like her Punisher. Go, Lexi. Yes. Um, so <laughs> then we had a we had a very popular fan film, Dirty Laundry, uh, which was a Punisher fan, fan film. It was 10 minutes long. It was starring Thomas Jane, so he was reprising his role. Uh, it came out in 2012. I remember it was produced by Adi Shankor. Um, he's done a lot. I know he's uh, worked on Castlevania. Him and I have worked on it. He has a channel called Bootleg Universe. He makes some um, really cool fan stuff. He does a lot of fan films. He did the Power Rangers yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the popular Power Rangers fan film. So um, this was <laughs> called Dirty Laundry. It was Thomas Jane reprising his role uh, from the film, as well as Ron Perlman, Hellboy himself. Uh, yeah, so it was 10 minutes long. It first screened at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and Frank Castle sits out to do his laundry. You can go and catch it on YouTube. I like that money laundering in the Thomas Jane Punisher turns into dirty laundry. Yeah. I, I yeah. always thought that tongue-in-cheek joke was brilliant, and I think the short is... Really, really cool to see what a fan film can become with someone like Adi behind it because the movies he makes are so fan based. They're really the thing we want to see. He did yeah. a movie this year that I love called Bodied, uh, which is produced by Eminem. Uh, so Adi and, and Marshall Mathers teamed up to do a battle hip hop movie that basically has the story structure of like a dance film that turns into a battle rap saga that lands with one of the most powerful lyrical displays I've ever seen on film. And it was done in the same way his fan films are that you know he cares so much about each and every yeah. bit of nuance that the people that are watching it love the material. So if you mess up anything, we're we're the loudest people on the internet are, are comic nerds. So yeah. do it right. And Dirty Laundry really plays to that. So I, I like his everything he produces has a tone to it. Yeah. You know what I just thought of? What if Lexi did Black Widow and actually made her like as hand-to-hand combat-y and all the nuance yeah. that she could bring to it and actually bring in like the crazy Cold War intrigue of that because she oh. wouldn't she wouldn't cut corners. No. Like, her Twitter representation says the script she'd make. Yeah. But can you imagine like an actual gritty Black Widow like she has oh, yeah. in the Max line and those things? That'd be incredible. That's so, yeah, we can dream. Dope, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have a list of villains uh, from the comics, but why go through a list when we have a walking encyclopedia <laughs> with so many opinions on each villain. Uh, so, uh, so I'm going to just go to the man, the myth, the legend, Koi, who are, I'd say, let's go down your top five. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Punisher villains and why, and they don't have to be in a specific order. Okay. Good. Cause I have yeah. extra pressure. Like, Oh, yeah. you like her more than him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monoki comes to mind first. Uh, she was a Garth Ennis creation. If I remember correctly. And what I love about her is she, leads a crime family but she does it like an italian mom in the north end so she's never actually boots on the ground she's orchestrating like an italian mom and she's like cooking like the whole time you just have (laughs) this malice and this fear of this character and you don't know if there's blood in the spaghetti sauce like there's this always this uncomfortable like i don't know yeah (laughs) so she's great uh and then to to go the other side jigsaw 
There's a reason Jigsaw is in all these movies. There's a reason mm-hmm. Jigsaw gets used over and over again. He's the opposite of Monoki. The physicality of this character is fascinating because he's what Punisher is when unhinged. And I love the Iron Man, Iron Monger thing. I love the parallel hero hero, the Spider-Man Venom. There's a reason we are fascinated with our other side. Jigsaw is his other side. And I really like when they play with those. Uh, I'm going to say a a bold one here and cycle it back to Captain America. I think Captain America is one of the best Punisher villains because not only does he represent everything that Castle wants to be, but he also shows in times in Punisher comics that Captain America is fallible. Mm -hmm. There are decisions Cap makes that are for government, that are for right, that don't end up being right. So when he has to apologize to Punisher, when he has to forgive Punisher... Those things are really interesting to me, and those comics read well. Yeah, and what to wanna... stop you oh, on, yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> on that one, because that that the first time you mentioned it, this is all I thought about. One of my favorite interactions between them is during Civil War. Yeah, because there is a moment where they have to team up, and they, the my favorite thing about the moment is like everything you just said about them is encapsulated in that in that that issue yeah is because you know they have the moment where he he's like frank you were right and you should be on board and then in an instant they find out why they could never work together and it's so good because it's such it's just so much of both those characters yeah (laughs) and they've been side by side for issues all of a sudden it's like this isn't working yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) what i was gonna say is it's cap is like that whole story is so heartbreaking because that's what Frank Castle could be if his family hadn't been murdered. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he wanted to become this person. He had his family taken from him in a way that he just, he, you know, I think they did a really good job of uh, portraying it in the, in the Netflix series of like, it haunts him. Like he just has repeated. And it also, um, our friend, uh, Jason Inman, who is also a war vet, um, has spoken up and said like, this is one of the most honest portrayals of what it's like to go through PTSD, to be a veteran. You know, and like having these these flashbacks and like waking up in terror. And it's like it's um, aside from all of that, he comes home after serving the country, comes home and then his family is murdered. It's so sad that like he was a hero. He was the country's hero. He was. And then that was taken from him. Yeah. yeah. It's such a it is so interesting to see that parallel of him and Cap because that's who he should be. He is a he is a war hero. But now he's turned into this person that is perceived as a villain because all he wants to do is avenge his family. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about him too is is just that part because and I think that's why Punisher has been able to work as as much as he does is because that is that defined his personal philosophy. The fact that he lost not only his wife but his kids. He's like life isn't fair so why play by the yes. rules. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's his whole character thesis. And when you, and it's justified by what happened to him. It's it's kind of like why Killmonger was such a good yeah. villain because you're like you understand yes. where he's coming from. And Thanos is playing yeah, like you get it. Exactly. You're just going about it the wrong way and I think that's the same thing for Punisher. And Punisher has the extra wrench in it that he is fighting on our side. So as much as you want to be like you're going about it the wrong way he's also taking care of the people who we need taken care of in his own community yeah and what i like is that captain america and jigsaw couldn't be more different but they're both villains of the punisher and i like that there's so much it's everyone against frank at the end of the day you love cap you love spider-man you don't love jigsaw but they're all against frank so it's this really interesting take on what morality even is and we're giving some of the runs a lot more credit than they intended to have but uh i'd I'd also say uh i already did three my final three so i'm not leaving any out uh you got to mention bullseye the the blunt force of punisher versus the 
very precision of Bullseye. I love the dichotomy of those two characters when they fight because one is a blunt object and the other one is pure finesse. Oh, yeah. You see Bullseye and Daredevil a lot more, but the Bullseye Punisher stuff, to me, it's a beautiful artistic representation of types of fighting. Uh, I would also say Kingpin because Kingpin in some storylines has been responsible. Like you were saying money going Mm -hmm. to the top. Punisher and Kingpin, mm-hmm. Kingpin might have been responsible for the death of his family, and they allude to that a lot. And that's mm-hmm. a fascinating commentary on even if the Kingpin would know that far down if he was responsible and would he care. So I think Kingpin's important. And then oh, my last one would be the Russian because KG Beast in Batman is a great character because it's Batman fighting someone that is just like him. He's a dude and he's just not going to be taken down. To me, the Russian is that with the Punisher. He's kind of like Ivan Drago. He's kind of like Rocky versus Ivan Drago. He's the same guy in a different circumstance. He's from a different world and he's just fighting for his country, what he thinks is right. So to me, the Russian is kind of the Punisher for Russia from the perspective of American eyes. So there's a lot of good villains for for this character. Yeah. It is fascinating that Kingpin is both Spider-Man's, you know, villain and the Punisher. And Daredevil, yeah. So much, yeah, and Daredevil. All yeah, the street-level so New York much, guys. So much incestuous. But Spider-Man has now been leveled up. Yeah, he's he doesn't now, fight like, Kingpin Galactic. a lot anymore. He doesn't. Yeah. But this year, Our we man, had, I know, but we had him in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And the game. Spider-Man. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. The, and the series. So Daredevil fought him. Spider-Man video game fought him. Into the Spider-Verse fought him. Kingpin has gotten beaten up Gosh. three times in 2018. Oh, wow. <laughs> You know what? He deserves it. Yeah, it's overdue. Yeah, yeah. You've been due for a beat. (laughs) I know. You know, I'm ready for Craven. This is a light sidebar, but I'd love (laughs) to see how they do Craven, and that's all I can think about because Craven was such a cool one, and then he had, you know, so he was just intertwined. You know what I'd love to see as Craven? Idris Elba. Can you picture that lion mane over Idris Elba's Dude, shoulders? Just I just love like that we both had Black it? Craven in mind. Because that <laughs> the, fan, the majesty of Idris. Yeah. I want someone that's regal. You know what I mean? I want someone that has a presence without the costume. Yeah. So when he puts it on, you're like, oh, that works. Because yeah. he wears a fucking lion's yeah. head. Like that oh, yeah. won't play if you don't have someone. Oh, yeah. No, not 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 with yeah. It or really Pedro Pascal, Idris Elba, someone with that like regality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the Netflix series, uh, but some of the controversies. Yeah. Before we even get into that, I'm going to have you listen to these messages. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And we're back. And, um, Koi, you were talking about how when people don't know how to write the Punisher, they just throw stuff at him. So Punisher basically, like, when you run out of ideas because you're so ground level, sometimes they're like, we need the Punisher back in the title. And then sometimes you get Frankencastle. I love that it's literally a play on his name. Yeah. They turned Franken- him. Yeah. They Frankenstein. made him Frankenstein. Like, how amazing. So the, this guy's named Francis Castiglione. And that turns into Frank Castle because he's a badass. And then that turns into Frankencastle, which yeah. is the most amazing it's it's the epitome of comics that wouldn't translate into any other medium. Sometimes comics have to be comics. And I love that we have animated movies. I love that we have live action movies. I love that we have TV series. But Frankencastle is why comics can never die. <laughs> because it would not work in a single other medium. But we were just talking. Like, if you love the run, yeah. it's so much fun. And it's so weird. How can that exist and be good? It doesn't make sense. It just, yeah. And it was one of those things where, you know, like we were saying uh, during the break, it was supposed to be like this, like, I think Halloween run. It yeah. was when they had like all these, like, it was Halloween versions of characters, but people liked Frankencastle so much, they just kept it running. It was, it was wild. And I, I was surprised every time I saw it on the shelves, like, this is still going. Okay. He's also been War Machine, worth yep. noting. He's had the War Machine armor, so he's taken over the Don Cheadle character in the movies. And currently, Frank Castle, and this is the weirdest one of all, is the spirit of vengeance with cosmic powers. So, Frank Castle plus Silver Surfer plus Ghost Rider. I give you Cosmic Ghost Rider. He lives until the end of time. He's the last guy with Thanos in the year whatever thousand. Well past the Earth exploding, Frank Castle has the power Cosmic and is Ghost Rider because comics... And drugs have a lot more in common he, than you think. This poor man probably just wants to hang out with just his family die. in heaven. Yeah, he like, I'm it. not even kidding. That's what all of his dreams are about, just like banging his wife. In the Netflix series, every time he dreams, it's just like, and I don't blame the dude, but I also know because his family, at least in the, in the series, in the Netflix series, it, they were murdered uh at a um, carousel Mm -hmm. and they keep showing that carousel even in other I think they showed it was it in Luke it was like in another series too maybe it was also in Daredevil (laughs) I'm like this poor man 
Also, I wanted to say because um, there was a scene, I think it was in Daredevil, maybe it was, yeah, it was in Daredevil where Frank is looking at a, um, this is Daredevil, the Netflix series, uh, where Frank is looking at a picture of his family and uh, it's a different family. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. It's a different family because they hadn't cast the family because they probably didn't quite know if they were going to make him have his own entire series. Uh, this is the John Bernthal run. And so he's looking at a different family. And I tweeted and I'm like, how many families has this man lost? <laughs> oh, no wonder that. he's so traumatized. He's, he's lost, lost two separate sets. families. That was, very much. that was before they cast his current family uh, that shows up in flashbacks on The Punisher Anyways, John Bernthal plays the Punisher uh, on Marvel's Netflix series. Also, we have Ben Barnes playing Billy Russo, a.k.a. Jigsaw, who we're going to get in this upcoming series. Um, Amber Rose Revha, who is amazing. I believe she plays a CIA agent. I think she's with the CIA, yeah, or whatever her division of the government would be. Um, And so this is just a little bit of a backstory. So the Punisher was actually supposed to get a pilot at Fox in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, but that project fell through. He appeared in June of 2015 in the second series, uh, the second season of Daredevil, and then by January 2016, they had developed the Punisher series to have his own spinoff. What I love about the Punisher series is it reflects the comics accidentally. In Spider-Man, you accidentally backdoor pilot a character you didn't think yes. would take off. Daredevil accidentally backdoor piloted a character oh, yeah. into a show you didn't think CW would take CW does that all the time. But the fact that it was his origin was that from the comics turned into a TV show. Oh, Two separate yeah, mediums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Punisher being like, I'm too cool. I'm going to get my own thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both red guys in tights caused a Punisher show to develop. And it's great. The CW does do that. And they test out audiences yes. really well. Yeah. And it's really intriguing when it works. And the Punisher, like you said, the different family, we didn't know how much we'd love John Bernthal. We knew like when he got cast, like, that's great. And as soon as he was up on that roof in chains tied to that chimney, like I knew this was a character I wanted to see more of. As soon as that Daredevil scene happened, yeah. that was straight from the comics. The dialogue felt greedy from the comics, all of that. I knew we needed a whole show. And I think that's what Netflix did as well. That's why he picked it. He's or, you know, one of the reasons why he said yes, he said that long monologue that you don't actually get to do a lot of in television. When he read that monologue, that uh but that moment between Frank Castle and Daredevil that is up on that roof, he was like, I want to do this. They're allowing us to breathe. Yeah. Like they're allowing them to have longer moments, um, like real raw moments. And that was one of the reasons why he as an actor wanted to I totally see that. And you can see how much John Bernthal loves Punisher. I mean, he he puts his teeth into everything he works on. But he said like he kind of was reclusive when he was filming. He had to go, you know, kind of shake the character after the first season wrapped. I think it's really interesting that John Bernthal what he's turned into because if you look at any Taylor Sheridan movie he he like pops up in all these great roles he's in Sicario he's in mm-hmm. you know Wind River and he's always this force of nature mm-hmm. in these small roles so I love that Punisher yes. gives us 13 hours and he's still a force of nature it doesn't he was diminish baby driver. Yeah. yeah, same thing where he plays this tough guy like really quickly and then he's not, minutes, in the rest of the, he's not in the rest of it yeah Jamie Foxx replaces him as pretty much the same character <laughs> do you watch Baby Driver with like different gla- glasses on when I rewatched it I was like wait the differences between Jamie Foxx and John Bernthal are very small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in it for like 10 minutes and that's it. Oh, that's um, so funny. You know, like we talk about, uh, you know, good things getting into the wrong hands. Of course, uh, you know, the Punisher skull icon became a huge hit with the Blue Lives Matter movement uh, with many companies producing decals, stickers, and t-shirts uh, featuring the Punisher emblem colored with a thin blue line. Uh 
atop an American flag. And in 2017, the Cattlesburg Police Department, the one we were talking about earlier in Kentucky, uh, basically got the backlash for installing those large decals with the Punisher skull and Blue Lives Matters on the hood of police cars because, you know, well, uh, <laughs> I don't have to spell it out for you. Uh, and, uh, you know, they removed it in response to public pressure. But uh, but they said citizens and police interpreted its meaning differently. I don't know how you could have interpreted it, especially coupled with Blue Lives Matter, because, I mean, you know... Look, I'm not going to get all the way into it, but Blue Lives Matter is basically a movement of let us do what we have to do to do what we want, what makes us feel safe. And Punisher is a character who does just that. And it turns out the same way with both (laughs) instances uh, for a little bit of dark uh, history. But they said it didn't cross their mind. I mean, either way, even if you had nothing to uh, like, even if there was no Punisher attached to it, I don't want cops walking around with skulls <laughs> on their, yeah, on yeah, their yeah. cars or anything. Yeah. Like, Punisher attached or nothing. Because Even if that it was should just... not be your goal is to have dead people. Your goal yeah. should be for the person to be a lot. Like... The, the verbiage yeah, and the visual yeah, 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 yeah. are bad. It's I, called I The Punisher, <laughs> implying the move is to punish, and not yeah. to protect and serve. And then the iconography of death versus protecting. Yeah. It's like you can't have to protect and serve and to punish yeah. on the same car. You Those are right. two cars. Protect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to protect your, you shouldn't have skulls. And, yeah. and, and it's funny because half the police cars in this country, maybe it's not half, don't quote me, many police cars in this country have to protect and serve yes. quotes. Oh, yeah. So it's always like, to protect and serve. <laughs> I, and I, was like, I was like, bro, you know what that quotes stand for on the internet, yeah. but the Punisher's not in quotes. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah, like, it's maybe like, there's, no, there's we, a line there. I, I do see, all, I do, I mean, I feel like comic book characters are, though, for people that have served, like, there are very important to them. I know, like, when my one of my friends from high school um, was in Iraq, I would send him comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Jason Inman, again, our, our friend who is a veteran, has a whole comic book drive for veterans. So I understand to some extent, um, I think like what you guys are saying in a public manner, having the Punisher is probably not the right person. I have seen, though, police officers that have like Superman, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. That's I love a their... perfect. That, yeah. that is please. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the one of the most, even Batman. Yeah, I've seen Batman, yeah. too. Captain America. Yeah. I mean, I, I want America. those. But to Captain play Captain America makes sense because it's America, like Captain right. America. Yeah, I could see that. But I love that the military has a character they identify with, and I and I I True. don't want my earlier quote to be misrepresented. I love that the military having a character that they feel they have a, a representation with is important. Yeah. That they feel they can read a comic and have a release. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine what the military goes through. I've never I've never served, so I can't imagine how great it is to be like. Okay, I just did a tour. I have no way to cope. This character has been through what I've been through. Let yeah. me like put my nose in a comic and go like oh, and yeah. then have that solution. So I really think it's important that we do have representation for the military and I do think it's important that they have a character that they can throw a flag up and that we as non-military can go, "Yeah." yeah. And they can go, "Yeah." And there's a universality there. Yeah. That to me is so key. It's just like a gun. Guns yeah, yeah, yeah. need to be in the right hands and I think that the iconography needs to be in the right hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then, uh, what, what was that? Um, uh, well, so the Punisher, like you guys said, representing, I mean, he is very gun friendly, obviously. Um, that's, I feel like one of the things that he's known for that is his weapon of choice. And he, he, so essentially the Netflix series had to tackle that. I know John Bernthal has had to tackle that in many, um, in many interviews 
And just days before this year's or this past year's New York Comic Con, Marvel and Netflix canceled their panel for The Punisher because this there was the mass shooting in Las Vegas a few days prior that had left 58 people dead. It is really difficult, I think, with this continuing to happen in our country to promote a gun-heavy show. I think that I think what they did was right, but I can't imagine being in jo- Bernthal's shoes and having to answer to this every time there is a mass shooting of like um hey, your show is gun positive, mm-hmm. I guess, or pro guns, you know. Um I know that that's a question that he has to answer quite often. So that was just you know, something that happened with the series that they had to push the series back and they also had to push the trailer back, I remember, from this past year. And I definitely want to give Punisher the series credit because the show arguably is the best version that character's ever been and arguably the most nuanced. And I really want to give credit to the fact that they have a pro-gun seeming character in a show that handles gun violence, political correctness, political disparity, uh, domestic violence, Stockholm syndrome, and dozens of other very difficult to handle subject matter beautifully. The entire show is more intelligent than I ever expected we'd get a Punisher. It's more detailed and layered. And I want to give a lot of credit to Deborah Ann Wall because Deborah Ann Wall's character is basically kidnapped at points and then doesn't seem like a victim. She's in a position of not being in power and acts in a way that doesn't put her as a damsel in distress and then overcomes things just with verbs, uh, verbiage. And I really like this. There's a scene in, in Punisher season one where there's a complete conversation in a hotel room about gun control. And she's a character that has a gun in her purse on her at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a civil conversation about gun control and it is nuanced. It shows blue and red. It shows both sides. And it's in a show called The Punisher. Like, mm-hmm. I never would have thought when I was watching the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s, that guy with the white skull in his chest would teach me more about both sides of gun control yeah. in a show. And that's that's full credit to the writers, full credit to John Bernthal, Deborah Ann Wall, everyone that made that show possible. It's handling things that need to be discussed in a manner that people will actually watch it. I don't watch documentaries and gun control, but I watch the hell out of Punisher. I would much rather something that is a blockbuster, like screw Bill Maher. Like, I'm basically, I'm saying screw Bill Maher. I want things, <laughs> I want blockbusters to have nuance. I want these subjects to be in our blockbusters so we hear For them. Sure. I want kids to grow up knowing, yeah. like, this is right and wrong. And Punisher, of all characters, to do that, I think is a great representation of the character. Yeah, I was going to say this is from an AV article where it said it's unfair because um, The Punisher is hardly the only series to star a hero who shoots people. It's very uh, on point. They're right. There are tons of them. Yet the hand wringing about Frank Castle doesn't swirl around other gun wielding heroes like Deadpool, James Bond, always with a gun, Indiana Jones or John Wick very famously with many guns, at least not to the same extent. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, And so this was a question that was, uh, that was posed that if, um, if we're going to continue to have this, if there are always, you know, mass shootings in America, will there ever be a suitable time to release the Punisher was a conversation that came up when this was happening. And so I think like, I agree with what you were saying that they, that that they did show respect um, by delaying it. I think it's still, a conversation to have. I understand if people don't want to watch this series. I think, like you said, it's worth watching. And like Jason said, I think it's it's one of the best um, examples of PTSD that we currently have, or at least had this past year. So those were just some of the harder conversations that were surrounding this character, who is a very complicated character, I think. And like you said, times have changed where some of the things that were okay possibly to show 
might have a different conversation around them today. And not having the conversation isn't the answer ever. I agree. I I think not having Punisher come out doesn't have the conversation happen. And I think it's like in the 80s when everyone smoked. And then we were like, it's fine. And then everyone was dying. I think the conversation needs to happen so we can decide what the next move is. And I think swinging right or left or getting mad at the other side isn't going to solve it. Nuanced conversation that happens to be in a Netflix show about superheroes is amazing. And the fact that that's where we got one of the better conversations and one of the better representations of PTSD, that's that's a Christmas miracle. Like, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. I feel like we could end this on a lighter note. Season two of The Punishers <laughs> drops this weekend. I will a thousand percent be watching it for very personal reasons that have nothing to do with John Bernthal. Actually, I do want to say I watched the series twice. I loved it so much. It's just so beautifully written. It's so good if you haven't watched it. Um, So I watched the first season, fell in love with John Bernthal, watched it again, and fell in love with Ben Barnes. Oh. He's so good. he's so good. Oh, he's great. Prince Caspian himself. I mean, he's in so many things, but he, uh, in Westworld too, he's in Westworld. So handsome. Um, He loves playing, he's, that's the thing though, (laughs) is he's very good at playing a charming villain. Yes. Um, He is great in The Punisher, and I love the fact that I was able to watch it twice and fall for someone different. I like that Micro is so important in the show. Yeah. And the and the battle van, uh, yes. like things that are so important to the the character to the fans are represented on the show in a way that's better than the comic. Oh, and yeah. I like I never thought I'd care about Micro, and suddenly not only do I care about Micro, I care about Micro's wife. Like I'm invested in his family in a way that I didn't think I would be. And yeah. like in the van's in danger, I'm like don't hurt the van. <laughs> and like that's that's how rewatchable the show is. So I'm really excited for season two, which I haven't gotten to see yet because it is a continuation of character. Like they built a foundation of how much we love these characters. They built a foundation of intelligence Mm -hmm. and a character that isn't always intelligent and a supporting cast that is incredibly strong. Like the CIA agent, Deborah Ann Wall, Micro, all of these characters that I didn't think I'd love. I can't wait to spend 13 hours with again. Well, uh, there is one thing that uh, I want to do before we head on out of here because we wouldn't be a nerdy show without a little speculation. (laughs) Do we think... They're going to cancel the Punisher after Within 48 hours. Oh, we didn't even <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> you, so you think they're going to drop it? Wait, wait, wait. For people can- that don't know, we totally forgot to mention that most of Marvel's Netflix series have been canceled. That includes Luke Cage. Uh, Daredevil got canceled, right? The Punisher, very interestingly, didn't get canceled. But it was because it still had to drop. So that's the big speculation. Corey's Jessica Jones, with, though, hasn't. It's got a season three coming out. Yep, Jessica yeah. Jones also and has a season And that'll get canceled 48 hours after season three shots. Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I'm down. I, I know. I, I, now I can't wait 48 so, hours. But after. you know what's so fascinating to me, Coy, and I'm sure that you've had this conversation, is that um, you know, it doesn't, because everyone's like, oh, they're moving over to Disney+, Plus, which is Disney's new streaming service, but it doesn't sound like well, someone pointed out that contractually they can't even do anything with the oh, because series for two Netflix years. Oh, because Netflix owns, yeah. But, and why would you, if you're the competitor, okay, so Disney Plus is trying to take out Netflix. Why yes. would you go, hey, we made this great thing, season three Punisher, go give Netflix your money for two years watching the first two seasons. Why would you, that's like, it's like trading like the, all the teams to the Red Sox or what, like I'm bad at sports. It's like doing a thing and sending someone to your competition. Yeah. Why would you ever be like, hey, but you have to buy that subscription to see where this started? Yeah. They'd never it do w- that. When, when Luke, I was so honestly like shocked when they canceled Luke Cage because I really loved his series and, and a lot of people that were working on it didn't know that it was getting, you know, same with Daredevil. They, they were in yeah. the middle of the writer's room, like they, or they 
they were about to start writing it. They didn't know that it was getting canceled. And everyone's like, oh, I know what you're doing. You're just taking it over Disney Plus. And we're saying, no, they're not. <laughs> you're just not going to be able to see them. Or if you are, it's not going to be who we have seen in those roles, unfortunately. And I think that they were perfectly cast. I thought Mike Coulter was a perfect Luke Cage. I thought... um I'm blanking on who Charlie plays Cox. Dare- Yeah, Charlie Cox was a perfect uh, daredevil. Um, you know, I don't think that we're go- – but I don't know. But I don't think we're going to see them on Disney+. Plus. There's a change.org petition that's – last I checked, 160,000 signatures for Save Daredevil, which is one of the bigger ones I've seen. And, like, Vincent D'Onofrio tweeted it out, and I was like, oh, that's serious. Honestly, like – the second season of Daredevil is one of the best things on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think I that they addressed any issues. You know, when they were starting out, like they were the they were the guinea pig. Yeah. Really, they were the guinea pig. They were just kind of getting funding for what it was. And then after that, we saw how like, oh, crap, this is how good it can look. This is how great the dialogue can be. This is how great the storylines can be. Um, but the first season of Daredevil was the guinea pig. And I remember being like, what? Oh, so, some of the choices. And then second season, I think they really were like, you know what? We heard you guys and we made it even better. And they introduced the punish it was so good people forget that in 08 iron man came out and the dark knight came out right yeah but they forget that the hulk came out that year too yes ed norton's hulk came mm-hmm. out the same year as iron man you gotta stumble sometimes and find yeah. your way back yeah. up like nobody talks about that hulk that movie that's canned in the mcu nobody talks about that learning curve they had to take oh yeah watching that hulk movie it's a lot of the 90s problems that they had to yeah. solve and i think these netflix shows the leap of quality in iron fist season one to season two cannot be overstated mm-hmm. season two is a good show but season one left such a bad taste in our mouths that Iron Fist never got a chance. Yeah. And like the last 30 seconds of Iron Fist season two is the show we all wanted. But by then we endured two years of like, can we get yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a shame that Punisher has to die because there's no way they're going to do something with John Bernthal as the Punisher on Disney+. Plus. Like they, yeah. they, that doesn't fit for any of the things that Disney represents. They fired James Gunn about tweets from, from nine years before. They're going to have a gun-toting guy starring like, I just don't see it happening under the Disney banner. I do think we'll get R-rated characters. I do think that Miramax existed and therefore Kevin Smith got to work on, like, Kevin Smith and Tarantino both worked for Disney effectively in the 90s. They can do R-rated stuff. I just don't see them choosing a controversial character like Punisher. So I think I think we might be done with Punisher after season two, 48 oh, hours later, man. which is a bummer. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say maybe he'll get his film, but I don't know if given the current climate, if that's what they're going to be investing in. And you can't cancel it before because think about people that aren't in the film industry. Imagine if you're, you know, a a mom that just likes the Punisher that isn't in the film industry and you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's been canceled. You don't think to look for season two. So they have to wait until it's already aired so you can cancel it for like logic based. If you say it's canceled, you're not going to go watch it. So I think they're literally waiting until it's out 48 hours later. Man, maybe we'll be proven wrong. I'd love that, please. Yeah, I I think, you know, there's there's something... There's something kooky up the sleeves. Yeah, I definitely. Think, I that think we don't there's know. something that's going to happen that's going to blow our minds. Maybe it'll happen in two years. Maybe it'll happen. You know what? What if uh, there's many made-for-TV films on the Disney platform? But you do bring a good point where I don't know if Punisher could possibly live on that Disney platform if they're willing to do that jump. Maybe there's a Marvel platform being announced. Who knows? You know, something new because, you know, DC Universe just dropped. Mm-hmm. Maybe Marvel's going to have their guns. But it, it it is like a tricky thing because that that is a good point because there um, – until I see the original seasons disappear from Netflix catalog – I think nothing's going to happen just yet until we see once you start seeing them disappear, then that's when it's like they're up to something. 
when I knew it was over was when we got award show screeners that said Netflix on them before Marvel. And they're Netflix shows that are Marvel characters. They're not Marvel shows released by Netflix. Yeah. That's the difference, I think. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't think we'll see them on Disney+. Plus. And also the subject matter. I think we'll, we're more likely to get a new Daredevil in five years, I think, than Charlie Cox on Disney+, Plus. as much as I want that. D- uh, Daredevil is, is one of my favorite shows, Hard Stop. Not just comic show. I think it's one of the best shows that exists. So I'm the first person that'd be lining up to watch it wherever it lives. I just don't know legally if that'll work and if it works for what the MCU is building. They, think about in 08, they already knew that by the end of things, we'd have at least through Ultron. They film, they do five, ten years ahead. I can't imagine they'd want to incorporate things ten years ahead that are in someone else's wheelhouse. Like, why would you start planning for something that may or may not happen? Like, Spider-Man, once we got the character back, it started being, within two years, holy crap, homecoming. Yeah. But with all of these characters on Netflix, they wouldn't start accounting for those. Yeah. Logically. Uh, as much as I want it. Like, I'll, I'll watch Daredevil season one, two, and three a hundred times by the time, because be, that'll be all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Mm. Well, we'll see. I'm excited to see Jigsaw coming out, though. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Barnes reprising his role as Jigsaw. And I like that they're doing, have you seen the newest trailer where it looks like a psychological Jigsaw? Yeah. He describes his Although mind his as, face is busted up. <laughs> still pretty. Still, the, the problem is that, he's Ben Barnes. I that last episode. I know, because he's <laughs> so pretty. The problem is he's so handsome. You're like, oh, you got a cat scratch, bro? No, he's so pretty. And I'm not kidding you. That last episode, John Bernthal beat the crap out of his face. Yeah. Like, holy <laughs> crap. Now, this will never happen. But tinfoil hat theory, if I had my way, if I was in control of reality... I'd have all of them show up at the end of Endgame, and that would restart the universe. What? And the ultimate You're reality. so crazy. Tinfoil hat theory. They go through a new. So my theory in, in Endgame is that we go into a new dimension, and all the characters that died in Infinity War are actually dead. I think T'Challa's gone. I think Peter Parker's gone. I think all that's actually I think over. You're- you don't know that they have three film, like three picture option but no, deals. The Peter Parker in Far From Home is a different dimension than Peter Parker, I think. Oh, you're saying they're different dimensions. Like 1610 versus I'm like, there's no way they're already getting rid of Chadwick Boseman oh, no, no, as no. T'Challa because like both him and which Tom Har- Holland accidentally said that he already has like three picture deals. He's like deal in a trailer like, hey. <laughs> yeah. he, has two, he has two more movies, so you know, you, Far From Home and he's got your, one your, more after that. Your tinfoil hat theory is very similar to mine's, which is the sense that when the world is restored we find out that mutants have existed and that's how we're going to incorporate the x-men and that's how scarlet witch has her own series i think i think we m of house not house of m Mm -hmm. what if she says mutants and it activates the x gene in her miniseries and then we get that new universe i also think that if you go into a new dimension how crazy would it be if we finally get the defenders in the marvel universe like it it can't happen but that would be if i controlled reality i think because i again am in love with john bernthal and i want him to continue (laughs) i think this is going to be like his walking dead moment (laughs) and if the if he doesn't get to come back as the punisher He's just going to level up and get another. This time it's going to be um, a cinematic hero, though, I think, instead mm. of just a TV. He played essentially a TV villain, TV villain. I think he's going to get something big movie. His Taylor Sheridan works great. Well, who would you cast him as? Is there anybody you'd want him? Um, ooh, no. Because, you know, I, um, I could see his ruggedness being Wolverine, being yeah. Logan. But, you know... I just don't know if I want, well, I'm sorry. I don't know if I want Wolverine back this close. I think that we're still too close to when Hugh Jackman played him. I think he played him so, like, I just don't know if I want another rugged, you know, griff, like, Wolverine that I think you need to establish the X-Men first I think I want the original five I want to live with them for a few movies before you want them young yes yeah I want Harry Potter yeah you want yes I want Xavier's Harry Potter (laughs) even though I think that John Bernthal could be 
Wolverine, I think that we need to see him younger. Yeah, I agree. Like with what that. they're doing with Spider. I mean, yeah. obviously Peter Parker is a teenager in the comics, but like we're probably gonna have Tom Holland for a little bit. Yeah. You know. I think we'll have Tom Holland his, for like five or 30. six movies. And th- then he would be thirty because right. he's like twenty, whatever, four now. Yeah, um, I think that going into Straczynski run where he's like a college professor, like I'd love to see a long yes. form like Peter Parker where we evolve in age with him because that's why the character is so loved. Is we've lived our he's life. 22. With he's twenty two. Sorry, he's twenty two. He's not sixteen. You, what would you do? You're watching the new Spider Man, and he's fighting off, and for some reason he's fighting off against this guy named the Jackal. And then John Bernthal shows up as the Punisher to reprise that. Fun fact, John Bernthal, Tom Holland did a movie together. Yes, yes. John Bernthal and Tom Holland helped each other audition for their respective roles in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. So Tom Holland was there when he was auditioning for Punisher and vice versa. So if that happened, that would be the ultimate life imitating art back to life. That would be the most perfect thing. Once again, we're in tinfoil hat land, but I would lose my, I would run out of that theater screaming. You'd see like a man lose his mind. It was Pilgrimage. It was the Pilgrimage that came out in uh, last year, or it came out in 2017. Yeah. Um, And yeah, while they were on set, they helped each other. John Bernthal helped Tom Holland with his audition for Spider-Man. Blows my mind. I just think that's so magical. I think it's so cool. And uh, one of my other favorite things, the fun fact of, is uh, on The Revenant, Tom Hardy was doing all those dubs. Ma- or what are those What are those video where you sing over it? Thing yeah, over yeah. Those? He was doing those, but he was in a Punisher hat a lot of the time. So I kept being like, oh, is he going to be? And then it turned he out to be John Bernthal. Right? Could have been. He's another almost Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know who. Maybe we need a different type of Logan, though. Yeah. yeah. Well. So my John Bernthal would be a villain. I think he'd be a good uh, Shaw. And the X Men villain, okay, like, I like with that. those mutton chops and like yeah. leading the Hellfire. Oh, if he's gonna have mutton chops, he a thousand <laughs> percent could be Lobo. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> Lexi Alexander directing John Bernthal, <laughs> Lobo. It's all come full circle. I'm so surprised that DC hasn't even jumped the gun on Lobo since oh, that's I, basically their Deadpool. Michael so. Bay has said he I think they're coming in with it. I think Michael yeah. Bay is directing a Lobo movie. I oh. think they're coming in, and they I want them to bring me on in some capacity. <laughs> I pitched for Lobo so much of him coming but uh originally when i wanted him it was like either uh joe magnello who i think would be perfect as lobo um jason momo is already taken in that universe so um yeah joe magnello i think the rock yeah he's black adam though yep yeah and there you have it we can dream yeah koi uh where can everyone catch you uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. Uh, you can find me on Collider Heroes all the time. You can find me movie fighting all the time because it is the rare opportunity for me to talk as fast as my brain wants me to talk. And uh, you can find me at a bunch of Comic-Cons this year. So I think I'll be Ooh. popping over to Amazing Con in Hawaii. If you guys are in Honolulu, I think I'm going to be doing that one. And yeah, and I'm popping. I'm doing more stuff with Nerdist. So just find me on the internet because I, I love the conversations on Twitter like engage my favorite thing is talking to fans about comics because i spent my entire childhood wanting to have these conversations so now that i do it for a living it's the and uh, i'm gonna be on your show next week yeah. talking about the punisher and uh, see we will have watched it and we will know if some of our stuff is we get a sequel to this i know we'll see oh so we should do one one theory you have for punisher season two we kind of touched on i it, think they're gonna way. kill jigsaw yeah i th- i think gonna, i think i think they're gonna kill so... micro i th- yeah i think they're gonna kill micro i think they're gonna kill jigsaw and I think him, oh, I would love it. You guys are going to see me tweeting if this happens. I think him and Deborah Ann Wall are going to like actually do it. They've been teasing. They've been teasing. I think she's going to be a surprise that they shouldn't have revealed to us. I think she doesn't come until late in the game and it's a big moment. Like she saves him. 
I think she okay. saves Frank later in the game, and I wish they hadn't revealed she was in it, but it's a good marketing, and I think if she's going to save him. This is something I'm saying. If they kill two, either of those women that are in there, I will be mad, because it'll seem like it's just another, like, killing a woman. Like, kill Yeah, fridging yeah, No, no fridging woman. and Punisher. Yeah, and... um. I I want to see him and uh, Deborah consummate their whatever they have going on. I need it. Um, you know, it, it has a little bit of spice. Those all of those Marvel Netflix series always have a little bit of spice. Uh, and by spice, I mean people doing it in the bedroom. So <laughs> they got to get some coffee. You know, they a little do. bit of coffee. Mm-hmm. That was the first episode <laughs> of Luke Cage when he came back. That was the first thing he did with Claire on the kitchen table. I don't even know if this probably is going to get cut. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez. Um, Yeah, I will be on Collider Heroes, I think the 23rd. Mm -hmm. Yep, talking about The Punisher uh, with Koi and Amy. Um, And I don't know what cons I'm at, so I guess just stick around on my Twitter when I announce it. Yeah, and you know me. I'm Ify Wideway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, thank y'all for stopping by, dropping those Twitch Prime subs. If you don't know, if you have Amazon Prime, you can sign up to Twitch, turn it into a Twitch Prime account, and give me a sub that costs you $0. And just come by every month and re-up that sub Come hang out on the stream. We're talking about stuff that happened on the episode. We'll hang out in the Discord. Fleckery, big shout out to him. Always dropping the cliff notes right in the Discord so you don't even have to click in the episode. He's doing that for y'all. So we can look at the episode discussion, get the cliff notes, and have that talk right there. Danny's in there. You could tag her. I'm in there. Hang out in the Discord. That's uh, discord.gg forward slash salt squad. And like I said, if D's on Twitch, I need those Twitch Prime subs. A f- lot of nerd fam coming in, giving to me. I gotta say, fam. thank you for that love. Let's keep that love going. You know what, Ify? I wanted to say um, before we wrap is that you know we talked a lot about um, gun violence and a lot of different things on this podcast in particular, given the subject matter. So just please be respectful to Ify, myself, and Koi. If you do at us, please do so in respectful manner. If you don't agree with us. It's okay not to agree, but it's not okay to be disrespectful. Uh, you know, it's funny that you bring that up. I want to uh, quote uh, my good friend uh, Ron Funches. He said something today on Twitter that I resonated with so much, and I meant to retweet it. I'm going to retweet it now after I read it. But he said earlier today, a quick guide for following me. I say what I want. And if you disagree and are nice, I will talk to you. If you disagree and are rude, you get blocked. My feet is a dictatorship, not a democracy. And uh, I feel like that's true for most uh, people's uh, Twitters. Just, Just come with respect. We can have discussions. And if you get too heated, just disengage. We don't have to fight. Um, But as always, I'll see y'all online. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.